0: Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Um, I don't know if I introduced myself. I'm Chris. If anybody doesn't know, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, it's actually been kind of a little bit of a... Uh, uh, yeah, a heavy week with, um, um, people passing. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Mildred, um, had had been kind of walking with her for the past couple weeks as she's been declining. And, uh, you know, luckily I was able to, to be with the family, uh, right before, uh, she said goodnight. And, uh, but this is something, and even this week, uh, uh, we didn't we didn't mention in, in prayer. But uh, the thistles um, suffered another another death, um, and uh, their family is just heartbroken. Uh, Simone's family. So um, please remember to lift up all of these uh, families. Um, the, the funeral service this week is for a, a great-grandmother and a, a teenager. Um, and uh, so there's, 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 a, there's a lot going on. And uh, I have to say, I honestly, I always say I, I prefer um, officiating funerals more than weddings um, because weddings, everybody has all these expectations about you know, their dreams that they have and stuff. But funerals, people just want to be comforted. They want to know the Lord's there. And so, um, please continue to, please pray for the the church and for people that are, that have lost someone, that the Lord's still there in their grief, that they're not left alone. (sighs) All right. That was my little aside. Oh, also I wanted to say, um, this this occurred to me whenever I was I was off this week and I was praying about stuff and praying about the church. Thanksgiving is two months away, it's like six weeks away, seven weeks away, something like that. But it's time now for you to start praying about who you want to invite over, right? Who you want to welcome into your family? All right. So remember, we we had that whole thing about being a blessing. We we talked about it earlier. Who are we gonna bless? How are we gonna bless people? Um, The holiday season's a good time to bless people. Um, So let's start thinking about that. Let's start praying about that. Um, We're blessed to be a blessing. Now, uh, recently, um, two weeks ago, I was at my son's school and I was dropping off treats because it was his birthday. And, And I saw something familiar at the school. Um, right. I, I walked down the hall, and there was this, this group of young students, uh, like kindergartners or first graders, and, and they're all walking together in a line. And when they got to the end of the hall, the one in front stopped, and then all the other kids stopped. And then the teacher said something like, good job, Timmy. And I, don't, I don't remember the name, but um, but do you remember that whenever you are little? Um, I don't, <clears throat> do you remember how cool it was to be a line leader? the line leader, the person that got to be in the line, I remember it being a huge deal whenever I was in school. Um, and they had to rotate it, you know, because um, sometimes it would be like, you know, whoever, it would be like a treat, but sometimes it would just be a rotation. But it was a big deal. And I remember the teacher talking to, who, to, to me whenever I was going to be the line leader about how I had to set an example and be responsible to follow the rules. Um, similarly, um, there's this time... Um, this, this is kind of like crazy time in my 20s when everyone was getting married. Everyone was getting married. And I, I can't even remember how many weddings I went to in my 20s. Um, and I, even, even whenever I was writing this, I, was, I tried to think about um, how many weddings I'd been the best man or groomsman in. And uh, I think around eight. Like, it's just all the time. And, and, uh, and that the first, I mean, it's an always an honor, right? It's always an honor being asked but then you start going to fittings and, you know, people start talking to you about planning stuff and you have to write a speech. And then you start to realize, hey, wait a minute, this is a lot of work. <laughs> and then, once again, in, um, there are several times that I, I had been selected to, to, to give a speech or participate in a panel discussion, you know, as a student or a teacher or as a pastor, and it's always an honor. But in practical terms, that means... More work, more commitments, and more sacrifice. Uh, to be honored, to be valued, means you're given responsibility. Um, as, as a staff, uh, Pastor Christie, Rebecca, Alex, and I have been reading this book called uh, 15 New Testament Words for Life by Dr. Niji Gupta, um, one of my old professors. And we, last week we read this chapter about holiness, And uh, uh, Nijay he dropped this insight into God's calling of Israel, and he said, We must get it out of our heads that the call to be holy was a burden on Israel. It was not. It was a privilege, like being invited to play for an Olympic team. While the training would be rigorous and the standards impossibly high, it was an undeniably rare and awesome honor. Being chosen is an honor. Israel was honored beyond all, every any other nation, but that calling required that Israel be distinct from every other nation. It meant it had to do more it it's held to a higher standard because it was called to reflect God's holiness here on earth. Uh, we're in the ninth week of our series of the book of Exodus, the, the defining book of Israel. In this book, explains how Israel became a nation. It details how God rescued the Israelites and through a 40-year trek through the wilderness, formed them into a people. And it instructed them on how to live in the world in a way that demonstrated God's holiness and glory. And, and we're reading this because we're on a journey. We're on a journey. We're sojourners traveling through this world until the kingdom of God comes in its fullness. And, and we have to learn how to live in this world as his people. As His holy representatives, uh, last week uh, Pastor Christie shared the story of the Israelites and beginning their journey. Um, how God provided for them; He gave them food, God gave them water, and He sustained them in battle against their enemies. And eventually, the Israelis, Israelites went to the mm-hmm. desert of Sinai and they camped at the base of Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, God spoke with Moses. Uh, and that's where we're going to start today, right at the base of Mount Sinai. So I want to start by reading Exodus 19, uh, starting at verse 3. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Now, there's, a, there's, there's something to these words. Um, these words of God. Before, God had always been referred to as the God of their fathers. Right? The God of their forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob. The Israelites, they were living off of their forefathers' promises and blessings. But God was not content to to live in a relationship based on promises to dead men. Right? Verse 4 says, You yourselves have seen. You yourselves have had a direct experience with God. They have now they now have their own stories. Right? Their own God stories. Uh, what I know when I preach, I tell lots of stories um, about my life. Um, about when God's revealed himself in my life. But, but as many stories I tell, and, and as powerfully as I feel like God has showed up in my life, all of my experiences do you no good. The point is for you to have your own God stories. For God to do something in your life. Not to base your faith off of what God said in my life or in the life of your parents or your grandparents. Um, that's actually one of the uh, affirmations of the covenant church, the first one, uh, the necessity of new birth, right? You have to be born again. You have to have a personal, experiential, living relationship with God. You have to personally know and have experienced the saving grace of Lord, the Lord Jesus. You have to walk through life dependent upon the Holy Spirit, right? And this is what God is letting Israel know. They have just experienced God for themselves. The covenant is now not just their their forefathers' covenant with God, it's their covenant with God. It's their covenant with God. And so Moses had all the Israelites gather at the base of the mountain to purify themselves, and then he and Aaron, they climbed up onto the mountain where God spoke to them. And this is where Moses is given the Ten Commandments. (laughs) And I'm gonna go over them briefly. Um, But the first thing that God said to Moses, before giving any of the commandments is uh, Exodus uh, verse 20 um, sorry, chapter 20, verse two. "I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. God let Moses know that God saved them first, right? God's salvation was an invitation into a new way of life. God didn't give Moses the Ten Commandments when the Israelites were still slaves in Egypt. Right? They weren't told, all right now, as soon as you can follow these ten rules, I'll set you free. No. The grace comes first. The grace comes first. And then that grace becomes an invitation, right? An invitation to lead a holy life, a new life. And 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 the Ten Commandments or, or Ten Rules is actually kind of a, a poor name for what God gives Moses. So they're, they're actually not referred to as rules. Um, they are not laws. Uh, there are no penalties ascribed to them uh, later on in the Bible there's more direct laws given, but if you know this there's no, no not really penalties ascribed to these. This is just how you're supposed to live. These are principles uh, for people to live as God intended people to live and so even though we do not live under the law as Israel did, the principles are still valid so um there's ten of them, so I want to work quickly through them um, I think it'll be a little faster than the plagues. But number one, no other gods. Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. People are going to worship all sorts of things, they'll put all sorts of things first in their life. But the first priority for God's people is God. God has to be first. And, and, and uh, even as I was writing this, every, every commandment, I was like, oh, this is the commandment we struggle with the most. Because I feel like all these commandments are the ones we struggle with the most. They're the ten we struggle with the most. Um, but too often, we put our pleasure, our leisure, our work, or even our good good things in our life, like our marriages and our families, we put them above God. And there are ways to honor God in our marriage. And there are ways to honor God, you know, like through your family and how you spend time with him. I'm not saying that. And there's ways to honor God at work. And there's ways to honor God at play. And there's ways to honor God in rest. But God comes first. God comes first. You should have no other gods. There should be nothing above God. Number two, do not make idols. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything above in heaven above, or on the earth below, or, the, or beneath, and, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the sins of the parents to the third or fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not get confused with who God is. He's the creator. Don't mistake created things with the creator. Worship God. Worship God, right? This goes right back to the next one. Oh, another things. Um, the things about punishing parents for their sins to the third or fourth generation—that's a figure of speech. Okay, read, I mean, read the whole thing, right? So I am a. So listen to it again. I am the Lord your God, and I'm a jealous God, punishing children for the sins of the parents to the third or fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So if a person you know, hates God Um, that's in the 602nd generation of those that love God, does it pause and then the next three generations are hated and then there are 398 more generations, you know, and then God starts loving again? Okay. It's a figure of speech to show you how much more God is loving. Okay. God's so... So sure, punishment ends. There's an end. But God's love is eternal. It keeps going. It's so much more abundant. Okay? You can't even compare them. The third or fourth generation to a thousand generations. A thousand generations. The point is to show that God's love is so much more lavish. So much more abundant. Than anything we can imagine. Than anything we can imagine. All right. Number three, do not use the Lord's name in vain. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Don't use God's name. Don't use God to manipulate people or circumstances. And, and I, this is something we need to remember right now. This is, this, is, this is a political season. This is election season. We hear politicians talking to us all the time. We need to remember God is not a tool to convince people or manipulate situations to our advantage. Okay? Do not use the Lord's, God's name in vain. Right? Do not misuse it. Right? God is, God is to be worshiped. God is to be adored. God isn't a tool. God is not a tool. Number four, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Remember, your time is not your own. Keep the Lord's time. Yes, work hard, but your work cannot crowd out your worship. Your work cannot crowd out your worship. You cannot be too busy for worship. Remember the fir- the first commandment again, right? No other gods. So keep a, worth- a rhythm of worship and rest in your life. And and I have to admit, this is the one that's hard for me. Uh, so because uh, I- though I do worship with you, but like I I need to take my own times and breaks. And it's so easy to like just try to squeeze this in and to sprinkle my work in my, in our life, we like to mix everything up. Actually, um, uh, uh, Nije, uh, the guy who's, the professor that I had who wrote this book, um, whenever I was in seminary, um, I had my second son, Psalm. And I, I was just like two kids. I was like, oh, I can't, how am I gonna do this? And I was just the, um, I was having really hard trouble and I wanted to drop his class. And so I met with him and I was like, Nijay. I love this class. He was teaching a class on the Gospel of John and I was like, but I got to drop it. Like I I can't do this with all the kids. And and Nije, if um he like cranks out books and articles and like he's a machine. And uh and I was like, Nijay, how do you do it? And he said, well and uh Nije um so so he I mean he's American, but um he he's of Indian descent. He goes, "Well, I know this that Americans like to mix everything up, right? They like to work and play at the same time. And they like to do this and that at the same time. And so they never quite can get everything done because they're always mixing everything up. So so I I work from eight to five. And when I work, I work. And then when I stop, I stop. And that's what he did. And that's, you know, he publishes like, a book or two a year, he writes articles, blah blah. But so that 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 was his rhythm, that's what he does. So he doesn't mix up his play and his work. Anyways, this, that's what this reminds me of. There are times for things. And sometimes it's hard, we get confused because we try to do everything at the same time. Right, let's together, oh well, I can just squeeze in a little bit of work on my weekend. And but I can still catch this, and then I'll swing by church and I'll pray, and then well, you know, you try to fit everything in. Develop a rhythm, develop a schedule. Um, actually, that's why, as a parent, summer times are so chaotic because there's no schedule. Um, it gets hard. Um, school year, there's a rhythm. Um, so I always get happy when school starts because uh, that means I'm going to be on a schedule. Um, not not so much for my kids, but for me. OK, sorry. Number five. Number five, honor your ancestors. Um, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. Um, now, I, I know I kind of I changed this one a little bit because I said ancestors instead of your, your, your father and mother. Uh, because I think this is hard for people with a, a history of abuse in their families. Uh, but I, and I do think it means honor your parents, right? It, honor, it means honor your mother. It means honor your father. Uh, but in Hebrew, uh, there's no word for grandfather or grandmother or great grandfather or great grandmother, uh, and, and that's true in lots of languages. Like there's like in Korean, there's no word for grandkids, right? So. Um, when I'm talking to my mom, sometimes she'll start complaining, like, oh, "I haven't seen my kids in so long," and she's not talking about me. She's talking about my kids. And the first couple, the first time, I was like, "Mom, well, those are my kids." And she goes, "You know what I mean," <laughs> because she sees them like they're all her kids, they're her descendants. Um. So, so yeah, and back then people lived in extended family groups, right? So their grandparents would also be living. So it's not just your 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 parents. It's your grandparents. But also, look at the whole commandment, right? The commandment is tied with the promise to Israel's forefathers, right, about inheriting the land. So it's not just about how you treat your parents. This is also about your ancestry. This is about your culture. This is about your people. It's about your tribe. Honor your ancestors. ancestors. Respect your culture. All right, this is, yep. now don't worship them. But respect them. You come from some place. You come from a people. Honor that. Take pride in that. Learn from that. Respect that. Know that you came from someplace. That's important. Okay, number six. Do not murder. Okay, you shall not murder. <laughs> um, life doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. It's not for us to take. And so we should work for life. Right? For the flourishing and growth of life, we are not agents of death. We do not represent death. God's people are not a people of death. We're not a death cult. Right? That's why death is so hard. We're not meant for it. God's plan is one of life. God's people are to represent life, are to work towards life. So, be God's people. Be a people of life, not of death. You shall not murder. Number seven, do not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery, all right? We're made to be part of God's family. We're not made to be alone. Um, and this this is true for everybody. We're not made to be alone. Even, even single people are not made to be alone, right? If you're, if you're single, you're, you're part of a family, you're part of a community, you're part of a group. That's important in adultery. It destroys the group. It breaks apart the group, right? It's a betrayal of the identity of your family, right? It tells the family, you're not enough for me. You're not enough for me. I'm gonna meet my needs elsewhere. And it it tells the person that you're cheating with, right, that their group is not enough for them, right? It it betrays. It's not just a betrayal. It, it, It betrays everyone. And there's a reason why God often describes his relationship with Israel as a relationship with an idolat- or a, adulterous person, right? It's a deep betrayal and rejection of the identity of, of, of who you belong to. Especially in a marriage relationship, it's a, it's a deep betrayal in, of your identity of yourself, right? Because the two become one. Okay, number eight, do not steal. You should not steal. God provides. Israel learned this over and over again through their journey in the wilderness. God will give the people what they need. Trust in God. There is enough. God has given you enough. I mean, you're still here, right? You're still here. Israel. So the Israelites that got this, they made it there. They got it. God provided for them. Therefore, that so far, don't mistrust God, right? So don't steal. Number nine: Do not lie. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. God is true. How can we reflect reflect God's nature if we're false? right? God's true. We can't be false. And uh, number 10, do not covet. And I I worked hard because I was like, oh, is there a better word than covet, jealous? And I was like, oh, no, jealous doesn't work. I I stuck with covet. and we'll get into why. But you shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. You have enough. You have enough. Don't base your life on somebody else's. Right? Don't base your life on somebody else's. You have enough. God is enough. Right? Um, many of you might remember um, that's actually the first blessing I gave church, you know. every year I do a blessing. That's the first one I gave to the church. You are enough, you have enough, Christ is enough. And it's, and it's still true, All right? Don't try to keep up with other people. Don't make their standards of livings yours. And I know this is hard, um, especially in the social media world, right? Um, you know, with the social media, it, it's, a, it's like we're discipling ourselves into thinking that we are not enough and we don't have enough. Really, I I I I feel like it's become like a form of discipleship, right? Because it's what we're we're fixating on, what we're seeing. And it's such an anti-God message. It's contrary to God's character. Right? Because God's character is one of abundance. He wants to take care of you. He's given you what you need. Okay? I mean, so I mean, I, I have it too. Even like things I want, right? I start looking at things. And sometimes I'll, and then I'll just start looking, right? So I start doing the online shopping on my phone. And, like, I'm just shopping and, like, on things I can never afford. And I'm like, boy, I am just letting myself, like, get more and more discontent, you know? Why, am I, why do I do that? Why do I, I disciple myself self, in ways that are contrary to what God's given us instead of cultivating more gratitude, more gratefulness, Right? This list, these, these, these commandments, these principles, they're about creating a people that have been saved, to be joined together, right? It's about creating a holy community that will bless the world. Actually, in, um, in Deuteronomy 6, Moses sums up the reason for these commandments this way. I'm going to start in verse 20. In the future, when your son asks you, What's the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws that the Lord, our God, has commanded you? Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we we're careful to obey all of his laws before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. It's the same thing today, right? Because once once we are lost, once you were lost, and Christ saved you. Christ saved you to be part of his holy people, right? And you have a story, the story of God rescuing you. And if you don't have the story yet, you're invited into the story, right? God rescued you. He called you to be part of his family. And because of this high calling, we're called to lead a holy life. Reflecting his goodness and glory in this world, right? To be a blessing, to help shine the light, to to, to be his representatives on this earth. That's who we are. That's our identity. That's what these commandments are about, okay? They're not a bunch of rules, they're teaching us how to be a blessing and how to be shaped by God. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, um, we are a stiff-necked people. And there's, actually, maybe we're not stiff-necked. Maybe we're too much of a rubber neck people turning this way and that, Lord. Um, by whatever captures our fancy in the moment, Lord, instead of being steadfast and looking towards you, teach us how to see you. Teach us how to worship you. Teach us how to be your people. Remind us of the ways you've rescued us, the ways that you've saved us, Lord. Give us those holy experiences, God, that reinforce remind us of your goodness, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for I pray for our young people who are... Who are still developing their stories and who are still gaining their stories or may not be may not yet have their own stories. Lord, I pray that you show up in their lives. Lord, and I pray for our elders that they might remember their stories, Lord. The stories of how God showed up. Whenever they, they didn't think that that anything good could happen, but God showed up and delivered them and rescued them, Lord. Give them strength through those stories. Teach them to, to share those stories um, with, their, with the, us, with our community, Lord, with their grandkids and their their, their, their kids and, and everything, because we need to hear them. And we need to be reminded, Lord. Teach us how to remind each other that you've done so much, and that you're so good. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Oh.